Hey friends, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish, here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy GM Prep. In this weekly show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday RPG. In this case, I am running Numenera. I'm running a, a custom homebrew Numenera campaign called The Rise of the Fourth Emperor. The name, the name keeps changing. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. If you are enjoying this show and you want to get access to all kinds of exclusive material, exclusive products, video previews, a monthly Q&A, a dedicated Discord channel, you can get that by becoming a patron of Sly Flourish. The link to become a patron is in the show notes below. Right now, the, the, where our campaign stands is a huge, super powerful entity known as the Fourth Emperor is trying to return to Earth to capture to to control all life on the planet very very powerful otherworldly entity nearly godlike entity that exists both in the outside which is kind of like the outer planes it exists in our world kind of but right not right now and it can exist in the data sphere all at the same time so it's this very very powerful very very powerful creature and it has all kinds of seeds that have existed on earth they used to be around earth during the fourth age right so five ages back which is like more than a half a billion years ago or so that it controlled the planet it is returning it it foretold its return through these things known as heralds uh, a herald is a large sphere like almost a metallic sphere able to fly in and out of the atmosphere very very big very powerful entity and, and think of it as an alien artificial super intelligence right it is mechanical kind of but it's like an alien artificial super intelligence very very powerful and the heralds control geosynchronous satellites that can drop tungsten rods to anywhere on the planet and and basically blow up anything as though it was hit with a nuke without actually firing off a nuke they the fourth emperor is very interested in in using nanotechnology building nanites to build its empire and it's doing a few things with these it's pumping them into the atmosphere through these big things known as skybreakers to turn the atmosphere into a high methane atmosphere it has it uses them to create creatures so it has these little tubes and it's able to create versions of of the physical entities it needs to support it mostly this group known as the orgolians these kind of strange biomechanical creatures known as orgolians and it uses these nanites for other things a mind control it actually uses them to control the minds other of other sentient creatures so so they're they're doing that the, the our characters are trying to th stop this but they're like six people trying to stop the end of the world they're trying to stop the rise of this super powerful entity six people versus a god which has been really interesting and the only way they can do that is by exponential getting an exponential lever into this whole situation so the characters have found out that that the fourth empire has grabbed up a bunch of nanos from a city from a small town known as scarlet watch and brought them to an ancient war machine depot known as Amberfall. And the characters learned more about the nanos, learned that they had been captured and that they're and they're, they're at this place called Amberfall. They have gone and broken into Amberfall. Uh, they've learned a bit about Amberfall and now they're getting ready to rescue the nanos that are there, about two dozen nanos that have been hooked up to these large columns that actually allow the nanos or allow the fourth emperor to combine the intellects of multiple nanos to do one thing 
right? It's, it's this very powerful, very powerful, very powerful situation. So the characters have to break them out. So the characters are hoping to recruit these nanos to become what they would refer to as breakers. And they want to combine these nanos together, use the combined intellect of these nanos together to break a herald, to crack a herald. And if they can crack a herald, they have much better access to be able to stop the fourth emperor and things that are going on. That's some of what we're going to talk about today. So as we always do, we are using Notion to do our campaign planning today. Let's see, where's our so we're going to do all of our prep in Notion. Notion is a fantastic tool that I really enjoy using for doing campaign prep. If you want to learn more, there are links to the show notes below about Notion. We are going to start today by generating a new campaign planning template. And today is 5 June 22, Sunday, Numenera. Awesome. Following the eight steps, we begin by taking a look at the characters. So we have six characters. I think they were all there last game. And I think they may be all here today as well. We have Baiko. Uh, Baiko is an intuitive jack who rides the lightning. Some of these characters I know more about than others, right? And we're kind of learning little bits, but I, I still, let's see. Did I, did I take any new notes from Baiko? I really need to do more with Baiko. I keep saying that. I, I, I think I say that every week, but one day I'll, I'll get there. Cecilia I know a lot about. Cecilia is a hideous jack who wields power with precision. Cecilia is sort of a member of a sort of a bee-like race that actually comes from the fourth empire, from the fourth age, right? So there's definitely opportunities to show how Cecilia's people were involved with the uh, fourth emperor. I think that might be something I want to do as we get closer to the end is show the connection between this race and, and the fourth emperor. We have Jad the Shade, a meddlesome jack who exists partially out of phase. Jad's best friend is actually Nakia's mother, who is named Maeve. Maeve Jacobs is her mother. So Juniper is a cheerful nano who possesses a shard of the sun. Uh, Juniper's mother is actually the facilitator for the nanos this is probably a secret right let's put this right in so juniper's mother whose name is cassandra the facilitator helping connect the nanos of scarlet watch together in amberfall she's trying to ensure that the they don't their minds don't break so without facilitation nanos the, the minds of nanos break when they spend too much time connected together a facilitator helps move these connections into the subconscious and and keep them from breaking so that's cool <clears throat> so that is juniper we have Nakia. Uh, Nakia is a benefit jack who acts without consequences. Nakia's mother, Maeve, is actually trying to make sure that the Fourth Empire won't destroy the city of Bodrov that she is sort of now in charge of. So that and, and they have one they have the ability to send one way communication back to her to help her with that. And we have SamG1138L. SamG1138L is a protective glaive who fuses flesh and steel. He is a member of a race. I've, I've had a secret that I've been hanging on to for a long time, which is there are a bunch of SamGs on ice beneath an ancient construct called the Jade Colossus. So those are the characters in today's game. The strong start. So I, I've been thinking about how I wanted to begin this. 
And I think the way I want to begin, and I want to introduce a new NPC. So one of the one of the things is that let's see the uh, Winter's Winter's Blade, right? Mercenary Company. This secret has already been revealed, but sometimes I like to just help reinforce it and reinforce it with characters, and it helps me to reinforce it too. That Winter's Blade are a mercenary company that rode the data sphere, seeking ancient beasts to fight an ancient treasure to acquire. They're a pretty rough group of data sphere adventurers. They died off a thousand years ago. So they're gone. So the strong stars I want to introduce. So the characters, when we, when we go to Amberfall, so Amberfall is where the characters are. It's this location. So in Amberfall, where, where's the map of Amberfall? So the characters came into Amberfall. They came in through this little back tunnel on the right-hand side. They made their way up northeast and got into these upper three chambers in the upper part of this map. And they discovered that those chambers had not been opened up by the, they had not been opened up by the fourth empire, the, the Orgolians of the fourth empire here. So what they learned back here is they learned a lot about the winter's blade. And I think what I'm going to have happen is like an ancient machine in here is going to kick up and it's going to project a image of somebody. I, I think it's going to be a, yeah, it's going to be a virtual image of somebody right and so our strong start is going to be an ancient winter's blade hollow projector displays and we're going to introduce a new npc and i already made an npc card for this guy because i liked it so kikuchio is a member of the winter's blade cavalry and you know like the rest of winter's blade he is sort of an adventurer he's very kind of brash and he looks exactly like Toshiro Mufune from Seven Samurai. He's got a big samurai sword that he hangs over one shoulder and he kind of sits and he scratches himself a lot and he's kind of like looking around at everybody. And yeah, he's, he's you know, one of the last remaining little bits, one of the last remaining bits of uh, Winter's Blade. So what is he? Is he a... So there, there are sort of different kinds of people. Is he a simstin? So I'm going to steal terms from new, from from Neuromancer. Is he a like a rom construct? Is he a, is he the same way that Terence is, where there's a copy of his personality that is backed up into this machine? Is he related to Biko? Maybe he could be an ancestor. Biko could be a Biko could be an ancestor of Kikuchio. That'd be kind of interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Sure. Why not? is a distant relative of Biko. Sure, why not? That's cool. So that that would be cool. I'd like, you know, that brings in, that's a very smart connection. Good, good job. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, so he is a, you know, swordsman adventurer, kind of rough and tumble, and he knows all about what happened here in Winter's Fall. He is familiar with with Winter's Fall. Now he's not related to Samji because Samji's got a whole bunch of brothers, brothers and sisters that are beneath this whole thing. So he knows all about Amber uh, Amberfall as it was. So is he a hologram? Is he a, is he a, is he a copy of a personality? Is he the actual personality? You know, what is, is he have remnants? Is he does he have you know? So one one kind of we can have like convenient personality decay. 
that he's been in the system so long that parts of his mind aren't really working. I think that that can, that that can work, but what is he like? I've already, I kind of like to be him to be something different, right? I mean, he could be a, a decayed, you know, a decayed copy, not a copy, but like he's the actual data framed, you know, data framed version, but has decayed. So I think, yeah, Kikuchio, Kikuchio's personality or Kikuchio's data frame construct has decayed over the past thousand years, but it's actually him, not a copy like, like what's his name? Our other friend. I'm getting to the point where there's so many NPCs, I forget them all. Terrence. Cool. So we'll see. I think, so I want to introduce him. He can give them a lot of interesting information about what's going on in here. He can talk about what they did. And some of the things that he knows is that the, the Winter's, Winter's Blade captured a very powerful construct in the data sphere called an, and I think this, I had this in last, let's see if it's in my Amberfall notes, an Odge, right? Uh, let's get my bestiary up here. Yeah, called an Odge. So what age did the Odge come from? Is it a remnant? Is it a remnant of the Fourth Empire? Like a captured element of the of, of the Fourth Empire? Is it something else? Is is you know that that could be that could be something. They sealed the Odge in a Faraday cage. So it can't reach out to the data sphere. Winter's Blade also captured a hex virus called the Con Mark 7. Supposedly, this virus could not could cause catastrophic catastrophic damage to a herald or even the fourth empire, fourth emperor itself. So there's a couple of like super powerful weapons. Now, I guess the question is the, the odds that has been captured there. So another secret, another easy secret, because this is kind of the plot is the fourth empire connected up two dozen nanos using the, the winter's furies, winter's blades data sphere interfaces they're using these nanos to build the throne of the fourth emperor a few thousand miles south what kind of what kind of location could they build something like that like if you if you were building a really really powerful machine is there a geo-focused area where you could draw that kind of power, both like, what would it be, solar or geo, geo power? I don't know. I have to give it like Mount Doom, right? They're building the throne atop a huge geothermal anomaly called what? The eye of Hades called the scar. Ooh, I like that. Very good. Oh, this is so, so great having people hang out with you while you're doing your game prep. Thank you. 
Yeah, so they're building that on the, the SCAR, right? And they're building it because it's this huge geothermal, crazy geothermal anomaly where they're essentially able to tap into power that exists inside the planet itself to, to, to fuel this gate, right? The throne includes a gate opening between, between the outside and the world through which the fourth empire can arrive. So that's cool. Is it underground? Could it, could this thing be underground? So one thing I was like, well, why don't they just blow it up as soon as they get access to a Herald and through access to the Herald, they'll get the satellite. They'll have the tungsten bombs. Can't they just bomb it from space and be done? And I think the answer, so one thing is no, it's so far deep underground in this, in this, you know, in these caves, in this big chambers that you can't just blow it up, right? You can't, you can't just hit it from above. You'll just, all you're doing is smashing into rock. You're not, you're not ever, you know, you would, you would expend all of your pipe, you know, you'd expend all of your tungsten rods before you'd actually be able to reach the thing. But then that, well, then how does it get out? Right? Does it ever get out? You know, can it? How can you can't get radio transmissions down that far? So that's a problem. Uh, another one is that they actually have like super powerful laser things that can actually track and destroy incoming tungsten rods before they they land. So they're they're coming in super fast, but they just fire these beams up. And they manage to these beams. You know, they cut through the atmosphere. They cut out into space and they burn up the tungsten rod. I wonder how much freaking energy you would need to burn a tungsten rod. Essentially, you want the throne to be protected from th from tungsten rods, right? So it would it would have defenses. I don't think space lasers would be enough. What else, you know, what possible way, this is an interesting one. So if you have satellites that are up in space that are able to fire tungsten rods down, they're really hard to track, right? Like once they're fired, they're almost impossible to track. You can physically shield it. I mean, you know, it's Numenera, so they could create a shield, right? And I guess that could be it. Is like that maybe it just has like a Star Wars shield, right? The throne is shielded with a shield able to withstand a, a one of the tungsten rods able to withstand attacks from the tungsten rods it's underwater would that work if you tried to fire a tungsten rod and you hit water it would certainly yeah so maybe that's better maybe that the throne is actually underwater right and the scar is actually underwater right that's better than a shield and I have a nice connection there because I have some underwater friends that the characters can get involved with. Cool. That's great. That's better than a shield, better than a Star Wars space shield. Cool. Any other secrets that we have in uh, today's game? So we have, like, scene-wise, we're going to have meeting Kukuchio, then rescuing the Nanos is certainly a scene choice opening the the vault or not is a big question and then probably returning to the hive oh i think a secret is that there's a really good data sphere verdict vertis vertis here in amberfall the characters can use that to rescue 
the nanos and return to the hive. So they return to the hive. Then next step, they probably have, I think, I think we're going to do a couple of things. I want to offer options and, and I think we could have two, two different options. Hey, my mom is here. Hi, mom. One option is they use the breakers to crack Faradon, the Herald. But another one is they, what if they bypass the Herald, use the breakers to crack and what did we call them? But I think they're going to have to physically go up there. I think I think the fun bit is and data cast in into the satellite so they can gain physical control of it. I think they call them like the eyes of the, the, the eyes of the emperor. Oh man. This is where like a database of secrets would probably have been handy. <laughs> Let's see if I can search. Where is the search? The Eyes of the Fourth. Apparently back in May. The Heralds directly command six geosynchronous satellites known as the Eyes of the Fourth. These eyes give them permanent visibility across the surface of the planet and command a small arsenal of bombs they could drop anywhere. So I think we call them the Eyes of the Fourth. An example is, let's see, the breakers could crack the data sphere connection to between a herald and an eye but gaining control of an eye requires physical i think i did some research and six geosynchronous satellites are enough to cover every surface of the planet i think you only need three i think i looked this up and you can you can apparently cover the entire planet with three geosynchronous satellites and they have three backups. So they have three primaries, three backups. They're very old. They've been up there for millions of years. Uh, so those are kind of the next steps. And then, and then I think we're going to have to see where things go. But I think that cracking a herald. So what the advantage of cracking a herald is you learn everything you need to know about the fourth empire, but you're dealing with an, an artificial superintelligence and that could be really hard. The other one is you can crack the satellite and you can just use it as a weapon. And that's really useful too. And their end result of that, we're going to have to see what they do with it once they have access to this kind of thing and where things go. But I think the general plan of the game is, you know, we're going to lead, whatever they're going to do, they're going to, they're going to get the, you know, they're going to get the drop on the fourth empire as soon as they get control over either or both of these two things. And then, then it's a matter of actually going to the fourth empire and trying to stop them directly. So I think that that I think that that's where this where this general campaign is going to go. So that all looks cool. I don't know what the locations are after that, but we'll have some new locations after that. So we have Kakuro, Kakuchio is a new NPC. We of course have uh, the XO. What's his name? The Excagate. Tekrin, good old Tekrin. That's an NPC. We have Cassandra, the facilitator. Right. Uh, any other NPCs? I think we have a friend from, well, we have Rabbit, of course. She's like a resident hacker. Oops. And we have Demi and Kimley. 
So lots of NPCs. I don't think we need much more than that. And then we'll look at monsters and treasure. I I think we're going to skip monster right now and go to treasure because I've been slacking on treasure. And I think treasure is really important because I want to fill that vault up with treasure that the characters want. So they'll go into the vault because I think the vault will be cool. So we're going to use, I really like this book, Technology Compendium, Sir Arthur's Guide to the Numenera. It's an older book. It's, it's, it's pre-discovery and destiny, but it's got a re, it's a just packed with like crazy magic items. So we're going to go to artifacts. I'm probably going to drop three artifacts in here. And I think they've got some dice rolling in here. So yeah, so you start off with a D6. Right, we're gonna roll. We're gonna roll and see what we get. So I got two. That's list A, and then I need a D100. D100. Where's my other D100? And I got an 18. An 18 is a blood blade. See, I love that. Where's that blood blade? Metallic blade with spikes that must be inserted into the flesh of the wielder's forearm. When inserted in the wielder arm, the device inflicts three points of damage, ignores armor. Thereafter, the wielder can use this weapon as a light weapon that inflicts three points of damage. For, further, when the wielder wishes it, requiring no action, the blade can absorb three points from his might pool and turn them into a powerful poison. The poison coats the blade so that the victim suffers five additional points of damage if affected. I like it. So we're going we're gonna to drop a blood blade in there. And what level is that? That will be a level six. Cool. What else? Roll some more stuff. D6, table one. 84. Fiber optic sleeves. That sounds cool. Fiber optic sleeves. Flexible, lightweight sleeves with integrated fiber optic wires designed to go over existing armor. Grants plus one armor in addition to whatever armor the user is currently wearing. Further, when active, the sleeves light up in random pulsating pattern for 10 minutes. When used with melee attack, this pattern confuses the target during the attack, modifying all defense actions by one step to its detriment. That's, yeah, that's cool. These all sound like things the Winter's Blade would have, right? Crazy, glowy, light stick sleeves, rave sleeves, right? That confuse your enemy. Disco arms, right? I like that. Cool. And I love that it bookmarks the item. I don't love that there's no way for me to go back. I have to scroll all the way back up. And two. That's A again. And 35. Concussion mace. Metal baton emits a soft blue light when gripped. Functions as a club light weapon. However, the wielder can use it an action to activate it. The weapon hums with crackling energy. During that the during that round, the foe is stunned. Do I want to give them a stunning mace? The depletion is one and six. So it 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 can it could go away fast. Level on it is seven. I don't like stunning, man. All right, let's try a different one. I'll I'll put it in here. But I hate when I hate action denial on either side. So let me try another. Hey, Rex is here. Hey, Rex. Welcome. And let's go. D6. Man, I keep rolling. I'm rolling until I get a different table. There. Let's go to table B. 67. Multiphasic ray. Small handheld device emits a ray of yellow-orange light, bathes up to three human-sized targets, and bursts of energy for the next 10 minutes. Those affected by the ray are multiphasic, existing in multiple phases and dimensions at once. Multiphasic characters are not subject to special resistances, are not subject to the special resistances of creatures that are normally difficult to touch or attack because they're out of phase. 
Attacks of foes who are out of phase. Ignore armor. That's kind of cool. That's better than the concussion mace, I think. We get rid of the concussion mace. So those are co three cool artifacts that the that Winter's Blade has stored in the vault, right? So they can get they can get into the vault. I'm I'm gonna steal my monsters from Amberfall because I already have a bunch of monsters listed out in here. I think I already have inhabitants, so we're gonna just grab this list and we're gonna stick it under monsters. So the the uh, question that I have is the the odge what was so if we go is, let's see i had it somewhere there we go so the odge is a powerful energy being let's zoom this in a bit odds are powerful energy beings left over from a prior world most were imprisoned and buried long ago by civilizations that couldn't quite destroy them cool these hateful things have been silently fuming for eons but have picked at the locks of their cages long enough to allow them a limited access to the outer world, which they use to lure beings with lies, threats, and promises of great rewards in exchange for their freedom. Odger, naturally telepathic, it can mentally communicate to a range of one mile. Not if they're inside of a Faraday cage. Even speaking simultaneously to dozens or hundreds of people, they seek domination, pain, and narcissism. They are level 9, 50 hit points, armor 3, 9 damage. Uh, fire two blasts of psychic energies, a reaction affecting two targets with long range. The energy is either a blast of force that inflicts nine damage. So what is this thing? I don't think it, it's, I don't think it's the hex. I think it's something else. And maybe it doesn't have anything to do with the fourth emperor, but it could certainly, it will sell itself as a weapon against the fourth emperor, right? The Odge will say anything to get out of its bonds it will claim it can destroy the fourth emperor and maybe even it can but how do you hold it to its promise so i think it wants to get out, and I think if it if they basically say no, it's going to attack them from within the thing. They're going to have to face this level nine foe, which will be really hard. So they're going to have to get in and get out. I think that I think that that can definitely work, right? I mean, I think it's just an enemy, right? I don't I don't think it has to be something special. What does the Con Mark f Seven look like? Probably a red dagger with a glyph on its pommel exists both physically and in the data sphere i think that that's pretty cool i don't i don't you know we don't you know and i think takran knows that it's lying right takran knows odge and says yeah that thing's you know you think i'm bad i at least used to be human at one point that thing never was and it will say anything it wants to get what it wants Right, so how do you hold it? Now, maybe it can do what it can do, but how do you hold it to it? So that could be that could be very cool. What else? So so where do we see this campaign going? If I had to guess, right, I, I see like you know big campaign beats. So we have you know rescue the nanos of Amberfall, crack Faradon, right, crack. The eye, crack an eye, probably blow up the Skybreakers, blow up other heralds, 
try and fail to blow up the throne, data cast to the throne, blow up the throne from the inside, or I guess data cast to the throne, face the fourth emperor, destroy the throne, the emperor, and more. I mean, I think that's where I see the kind of the campaign going. I feel like I've been getting the question both from my players and from my wife and from folks here that like, when do you see this campaign ending? Right. And I, I like to run a campaign like this and not worry about that. I don't, I don't need to know where the end is going to be when I'm in the middle of it. Like I never would have, if you hang on too tight to that kind of thing, then you, you don't let the game sort of go off in the direction it goes. So to me, like when they get access to the breakers, they've got a lot of choices to do and they're going to be big monumental choices. These are way bigger than like going to a dungeon and fighting a boss. These are like big world changing things. Like when you have access to a satellite and you think like, well, maybe you can get access to the other six, right? Maybe how do we get that? Well, you have to crack multiple heralds, right? And what do we have that can do that? So there could be options like that, right? But they got big, they have big things, big options that they can do, big things that they can do. And the question is, you know, what are they going to do with that? And and where does it end? But I, I kind of see the idea that the, the, the main conclusion, the main final arc of this game is going to be going to the throne of the fourth empire, facing the fourth emperor as he's coming through, as it's coming through, doing something, destroying it, right? Or, or something like that. And then closing the gate. And there could be a lot of options. Like, do they use the virus of the hex, right? If they use that, do they risk releasing the hex? Right. Do they the hex being this other the only thing that's ever destroyed the empire before, but also caused a dark age on the planet for a million years or for 10 million years, 10 million year dark age. Right. So that could be, you know, that could be that could be an option. So I, I don't know exactly where it's going, but I definitely feel like we're coming to the third arc of this campaign, the third, the third, you know, the final arc of the campaign. Right. The, 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 the third. What is it called? The third beat, the third, the third act right of the campaign and that i think is going to be is going to be pretty cool do i know what the fourth emperor looks like yeah because there's a there's a it is an actual monster from one of from one of the monster books i forget i forget what it was hang on i can tell you the fourth emperor right that's what the fourth emperor looks like basically an enormous space-sized tapeworm it's level nine but i think this one's level 10 right and it's and it's of a race of creatures known as eldmore Dimension traveling destroyers, right? But it doesn't destroy. It's like, no, I, I like control more than destroy. Huge cybernetic demon skull that floats through space. Yeah, kind of like an astral, an astral dreadnought. A little bit. But that's what the emperor looks like. So that is it for today's show. I want to thank everybody for hanging out with me while I prepped my Numenera game. We, I've, I've got lots of cool things happening. I'm very excited about where things are going. And we'll see how it all goes. So I want to thank everybody for hanging out with me today. If you enjoyed this show, you can help me out by subscribing to the Sly Flourish newsletter, supporting me directly on Patreon, picking up any of my books on the Sly Flourish bookstore, or subscribing to my videos right here on YouTube. Thank you very much. Have a great day. And get out there and play a RPG.